Welcome to the Heart of Life podcast. We're Jesse and Brooke, two therapists and friends, sharing our lived stories and creating an unscripted space for healing. We hope this podcast empowers our listeners to find freedom and bravery through examining the heart of life with curiosity and permission. While this isn't a substitute for therapy, we believe that you'll find healing, belonging, and your own invitation into becoming. Welcome to our third installment of our New Year's intentions and values work. So today, we're actually going to be walking you through a value sort. In our last episode, we encouraged you to download the free value cards and to move through that, but it can be complicated and a bit overwhelming because there's a lot of values to go through. So we're going to walk through. Jesse has bravely volunteered, (laughs) or I volunteered Jesse bravely. (laughs) (laughs) to walk through a value sort. But we're going to be going through that today to help you understand how we move through that in a therapy session, what we do with it, the questions we ask. And hopefully as you go through this with us, you'll be able to see how you can use this very valuable tool in your own life. Yeah. So I started, this is the, um, we actually use the cards that you can get free online Um, and we, the three categories are very important to me, important to me and not important to me. So the first thing you had me do is quickly sort through those categories. Um, and when I do that with clients too, I ask them to kind of don't, don't question yourself. Just don't overthink it. Yeah. Yeah. Like let your, let your hand move wherever they need to go. Um, and then we set the important to me and not important to me aside. And we're only looking at this point now at the very important to me. Yeah. I'll add here too that one of the things that I talk to my clients about when we're when we're doing the three categories, I don't love not important to me because I think all of these show up in our life somehow. Yeah, Um, some of them are just givens. We don't really think about them. It's just who we are, how we move through the world. We don't have to spend time really aligning with them because it's just what it is. Right. Um, the not important, those are just things that just don't show up on your radar. They're not decision-making things. So for instance, ecology shows up in this. I recycle. I think it's important to be a good steward in the world, but I don't wake up every morning thinking, how can I do this differently, better engage in it? Right. It just, uh, it just isn't there. Yeah. It actually is in aligning with other values that I find myself engaging with that one. Right. In a way that feels true to me. So don't get too hung up on that. Um, The important to me pile are often the givens. Yes. Those are the things that just, they matter. You don't think about them. They're there. And as you're doing this, pay attention to your body. That's an important thing because even though we're asking you to just do it pretty quickly, don't overthink it. Don't spend a lot of time thinking about the definitions on there. Pay attention to your body, though, because you might pull a card and your body will recoil against that or feel something really strongly. That usually indicates that that's a should. It's a rule that was given to you. And so be mindful of that. And it's okay to spend a little bit of time thinking about that. So I'm glad you said that because as I was sorting initially, I had one or two that came up and in my hand, I was like, oh, 
or even one I, I, I saw and I said, oh, this would have previously been in a different category, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not very important anymore. And sometimes that's because I've done a lot of work in that thing and it's, it's, it's innate now in many ways, but mm-hmm. another one was very much like, that's not for me anymore. Right. Because maybe it was always a should. Yeah. So, so pay attention to those things. The, the more you engage in this, you know, I, I don't recommend doing it all the time. <laughs> you should don't just, do it every day. Yeah. Just sit with what you have. <laughs> but the, maybe if you make this a yearly practice, the more you engage with this, the less you have to think about how to categorize these things. It becomes yeah. more fluid for you. Yeah. Is that the word I'm looking for? I think so. Okay. So Jesse has sorted um, all three categories. She's put aside not important and important to me. And now we're just working with the pile of what she chose as very important, which is probably, uh, what do we have here? Seven? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. <clears throat> so what I asked her to do after that was to begin to create natural categories for this. So as you look through your values, let's say you have um, intimacy and caring mm-hmm. as values that you've chosen. You might choose like, oh, that's a category. That's a natural category here. So I'm going to put those together. Mm-hmm. So the reason that I have you do that is because we're continuing the sort. We're not done once we have a very important pile. And we're going to be looking at these in categories now. Mm-hmm. And what I appreciated about how you asked that is you just asked, do these have natural categories? Mm-hmm. You didn't give me names of categories and I was able to very intuitively move them to natural categories. Yeah. So as you move through your value sort, that's what I would ask for, from you first is that maybe you pause the podcast here, you do your value sort, and then you put the, that very important pile into natural categories for you. So we're going to be talking about the categories that Jesse chose but those will be different for everyone. So mm-hmm. you don't need to get stuck on, oh, this, I must have these. It'll be different for everyone. So we're just going to use her as an example here. Yeah. So let's talk about the values that you put in categories together. So I grouped the values hope, spirituality, inner peace, and nurturance all in the same category. Um, and that didn't have a name until we started to talk about it. Um, but those all really intuitively went together for me. And those four, hope, spirituality, inner peace, and nurturance, are experiences I have in my inner world. So that's how I categorize that one. Um, the other, one of the other categories was loved, honesty, and loving. And those all went together um, and the, the idea of a relationship, who I am in relationship or who I desire to be in relationship um, and what I desire in return in relationship. And then the third category was excitement, humor, fun, and pleasure. Uh, and this is my external world or the way that I categorized it was how I spend my effort and time and energy. Mm-hmm. And then there was this one little lonesome value. <laughs> which fits. Which fits. And that is solitude. Um, and I have that one alone. And one of the things I just kind of blurted out as you and I were talking about this that I think prompted us to start recording um, was this, this one solitude is one that I feel I have to work very hard to protect a lot. Mm-hmm. It's um, one that can get out of order for you. So going back to our previous yes. episode, talking about getting our loves out of order, solitude matters a lot to you, but it's one that can get 
out of order and right. maybe even sometimes show up as something not important when it's right. extremely important. Right. Or I can overemphasize it to the detriment of relationship. Mm-hmm. So that one is a little pesky one, mm-hmm. but it's really important to me. Right. Okay, so what I'm going to have you do, Jesse, is as we're looking at the category of your inner world, hope, spirituality, inner peace, and nurturance, is there one of those words that represents the feeling of that category most for you? Inner peace. Okay. We're going to make some noise as we move things around on the desk here. Now, when we look at your relationship category, loved, honesty, and loving, which one of those represents the feeling of that category best? Loving. Okay. We're going to put solitude here. Mm-hmm. And now as we move through your your experience of the world, excitement, humor, fun, and pleasure. Pleasure. Okay. All right. So the rest of these we're going to put away. Not that they're not important, but now we know that these other words that you've chosen contain all of those words. They embody them Ooh. most. Yeah. This is an extra, <laughs> an interesting exercise in trying to use the <laughs> desk, but not touch anything <laughs> on the desk. We need the, what's the power that you can move things with your mind? We need that. I don't know. It's a telekinesis. Tele- a, I, I was going to say levitation, <laughs> but I think that's when you float. I have no idea what it is. Okay. When you look at these four words that you've chosen, inner peace, loved, solitude, and pleasure, what order do you put these in? Um, inner peace is the top and then, uh, and then, Ooh, inner peace is the top and then pleasure. No, sorry. Pleasure is third inner peace, loved pleasure and then solitude. Okay. Tell me about the order. So inner peace, um, I choose first because if I'm, I find myself doing this like, um, genie wish thing, like if I had to say it one way and you only get one, wish, <laughs> like, how can I say it and get everything I want? Inner peace feels really important because my, you know, we've talked in previous episodes as a highly sensitive person, when I don't have inner peace, it's really turbulent for me. And it feels incredibly intense for me to not have um, peace inside. So it's hard for you to align with these other values in a way that feels meaningful for you if you're not engaged in, in cultivating that inner peace first. And you asked this really great question too, about when we were talking about, um, another one that we ended up pushing off to the side before we started recording, but you asked, do you make decisions on a daily basis based on this? Mm Mm-hmm. And so many of my daily decisions are based on how it will impact better or worse my inner peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's for sure number one. Yeah. So that's an important question that we ask ourselves as we go through a value sort like this. One, do I make daily decisions based on what this value is? And two, what happens in my life when I don't make decisions based on this value? Yeah. Right. That helps us figure out what order we're going in, which is, you know, your second one that you have here is loved. And I would say that as you guys go through this sort, none of these are good or bad. They just are. Yeah. And so we haven't landed on the four most important. These are the four most important to Jesse. Right. (laughs) They're going to be different for everyone. But when you think about that second one, loved, if love comes, loved comes before inner peace, there are a lot of things that you might do 
um, that don't really align with who you are, how you are in the world. Right. So it's the order that we think about these things that matters too. So inner peace leads to loved, Mm -hmm. leads to pleasure. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that. Um, Pleasure is, I pick this value because it's often been something that has um, been an afterthought instead of a priority. And so I find this one to be really important to me, especially now, because it has been a work of reclamation in my life, um, in my sexuality, in my experience of my body, living in a larger body, like all of the things that the world has told me as a woman about pleasure, I have had to really do some renavigating of. And so part of this is a reclamation of saying, um, I, I do want that to be important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it is becoming important to me and also giving my, my body experiences of pleasure in nature with food, whatever bucks against the idea that I enforce someone else first mm-hmm. right? or that you have to earn it. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought up that this isn't something that, um, is easy for you. Right. Often what we have in our top four or five is not an easy thing for us. It's a thing that really requires intention and attention right. too, and, and some discomfort yeah. in leaning into that and saying, this is, this is what I want. I'm, I'm reclaiming this. That pay attention to that it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that, oh, I guess if I'm not living this, it's not my value. It probably absolutely is. It's just been out of order for a very long time. Right. Because they're here doesn't mean they're easy. Yeah. It means they matter. So really pay attention to that. Yeah. Okay. And then tell me about solitude. Um, I love to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> I love that each of these cards, when you look at them, once you download them, if you haven't already has a descriptor and this says solitude to have time and space where I can be apart from others. And I, you know, I joked with you recently, Brooke, my partner was sick. And so I had, um, isolated him to our guest bedroom And I didn't realize, but I loved the feeling of him being in the house, but not next to me. (laughs) And I love being next to him too, but the solitude I had, but with the perfect proximity of knowing he was still in the home was like, oh, this is what I love. (laughs) (laughs) And so solitude, I think is, I often feel, and this is partially exactly what you just said, one that matters, but is not always easy. Because I've had to really ask myself, if I want to be loved and loving and in relationship, I do have to figure out how I enact my solitude. Because if I only enact solitude, then I'm cutting off people who love me from having access. Mm -hmm. And I'm cutting off my ability to love Mm -hmm. by no longer having access. So this, this brings into our conversation the idea of balance. Right. So Socrates, in his philosophy about humors, which are values, Mm -hmm. he talks about how you have to have a balance of these things, 
right? Yeah. And and often the way he talked about it was also emotion, right? If you are an overly angry person, that's not a good way to be in the world because it's hard to connect. Right. But if you never experience anger, that's also a hard way to be in the world because you never get to show up in your life. Yeah, right? there's so, no fire. So there has to be a balance of these humors. And when we talk about values, there also has to be a balance in those values. So the work isn't just identifying the values. It's the intention of finding balance. It's the intention of finding order, Hmm. all of that. But this allows us, we can't do a 180 shift in this. You you can't do that. It is a, a constant intention and and healthy work to move in it but what happens is it allows us to create these one degree sustainable turns so that when we align with these and realign with them and come back to them we're actually creating sustainable change in our life Mm -hmm. so that on the other side of this whatever that looks like these are so well incorporated into our life that let's say next year you can do a value sort and they might look different but you've incorporated these and integrated them into your life And that's sustainable change. Whereas that externally driven, you must do these if you are a good, that's a 180 shift that lasts for two or three weeks. And it's so hard to sustain that we fall back into where we were before. Right, right. Well, and in that balance, one of the things I'm thinking about is I don't have to, and we don't have to execute balance in every moment of the expression of these values. Mm -hmm. But over time, can we accomplish balance. And this, you know, is particularly important because there are seasons in my life. And I think in all of our lives where I've had to maybe move into a space of solitude for I've needed it more or for longer. And then parts where I've needed to challenge and come out of that, that in the bigger picture creates balance. And to the, the example you gave of anger, there is a real benefit to our fury as women, especially that there may be spaces where it is the fire of our anger that needs to last for a while. And then we find the balance after that's expressed, but we don't have to be perfectly the right amount of angry every Tuesday. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, and we we're human, right? We can't, we we can't do that, but let's think about this in terms of a relationship between two people. We often think about needing, wanting equality in a relationship. But that's one, not possible. And two, that's not the way relationship works. There there are going to be times when one of you in that relationship needs a lot more than right. the other person and vice versa. There's always going to be what might be perceived to be an imbalance, but over time um, and energy and reciprocity and over, over time, if you look at it, you see that there's this real balance in the waves of the relationship. Right. The same is true when we're thinking about the relationship we have with ourselves Mm. and our values. Over time, it's the coming back to, it's the realigning, it's being able to notice, yeah, oof, there was this time where I needed so much more solitude, and now I'm back into this connection, but I'm looking at this big picture that shows that I've been pretty steady throughout. Yeah, the the little, um, the undulation in the waves, right? Mm -hmm. When you spread it out far enough, it looks fairly flat. Pretty flat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about each of these. Our episode's probably going to be a little bit longer this time, but I want to talk about the internal and the external expression 
of these because without both, it's uh, again very unbalanced. Yeah. So, so for instance, I'm going to use yours of loved, mm-hmm. right? To be loved by those close to me. That's important, but it's one that is very easily becomes um, off balance. Yeah. Because we could find ourselves seeking love. Right. Outside of us and engaging in ways maybe that don't align us with inner peace and all of those things because we want to feel loved. Yeah. So the way we find balance is that internal expression, which is if the external expression is to be loved by others, the internal expression is to be loved by myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and how that looks will be different for everybody. But we want to think about those things. So when we look at your values, what is the internal and the external expression of inner peace? I think the internal expression is the experience of being in self. Like if, if I'm not experiencing inner peace or I'm not attending to that, I have a really low desire to be introspective, reflective inside myself. Um, the external expression of that, I think that I mean, we talk a lot about our nervous systems on our podcast and our energy. When I don't have inner peace, I impact my world and others in a different way than when I do have inner peace. Mm -hmm. And so my inner peace expressed brings peace to others often, but it also allows me to be present in the experiences that I'm having. So when I'm, when I'm ordering inner peace and I'm entering into spaces in an innerly peaceful way, um, I'm able to engage there in a way that's present and mindful and consensual. Mm-hmm. So that's how I think about internal and, and external expression, at least of inner peace. Yeah, and there are there are behaviors attached to both. Right. Right. So when you're thinking about the internal expression of inner peace, the behavior is doing things that allow you to connect to your body that allow you to check what's happening in your thoughts and the stories you're telling. That's the internal, the external behaviors attached to that might look like setting very healthy boundaries might look like deciding where you want to spend and expend energy, what's coming in. Right. Right. So, so when we start to look at this value, it's not just a word. It is all of the things associated with that and balance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's look at loved, internal and external to you. The way that you describe that actually fits perfectly for me is, you know, the the external expression is loving people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Loving others and letting them love me. Uh, Loved, the internal expression is loving myself and really having, and and love has, self-love has been so contaminated as, as a word, but for me, it's also wrapped up in respect, Right, mm-hmm. because I can't love something or someone well unless I have a certain level of respect for their humanity, to include my own. Um, so the internal expression of that is to do loving things towards myself and with myself, and then the external is to be um, in healthy, loved, and respectful and respected relationships. Yeah, loving oneself is deeply contaminated. Yeah. <laughs> so we. You know, and I, you know, it's often said in social media, you can't love others until you love yourself. And that is really painful and hurtful. So I like the idea of what what is love really? It's respect, it's compassion, it's empathy, it's um, 
giving the benefit of the doubt. It's holding space for the bad days and the good days. Yeah. So, so being able to break it down to, it's yeah. not just this, oh my gosh, I'm the greatest. I'm so lovable. It's yeah. like, I'm human. Yeah. And here I am showing up in my humanity and, and how do I, how do I allow for that? Right. Yeah. All right. Pleasure. <laughs> Jesse's face is totally red. <laughs> uh, well, the external expression of this is engaging in things that I'm, well, I guess that's internal and external because the descriptor on this pleasure, the descriptor is to feel good. One of, well, okay, I got it. The internal experience that for me is to actually clue into what is happening in my body when there is pleasure or discomfort or pain emotionally, mentally, physically, right. And, and to allow as much space to recognize pleasurable experiences as painful experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we were talking before this, um, about your daughter, Nikki, her macaroons that she makes. It was a really pleasurable experience (laughs) for me to sit in my office yesterday and eat most of them by myself. But the pleasure of the sensation and and pleasure for me shows up often in my experience with food, which has been uh, a battleground before around pleasure to, um, to indulge a lot in only the pleasurable experiences versus balancing that with the nourishing experience of food. But to be really present in pleasure and allow that to mean something other than it has before. Mm -hmm. Physical pleasure, obviously, right? The external expression of this is to engage, initiate, invite pleasure. Have conversation around. Yes. Talk about, right? Um, Make known. Mm -hmm. um, All of those things. That's how far I can go talking about pleasure. (laughs) No. (laughs) On this podcast. I think I think both of those are so good and going back to your you talking about reclaiming that yeah and giving permission I think another part of that internal expression is the permission exactly it is coming back to no I get to experience this no I get to value this it matters I'm allowed so in this in this case honestly there might be what might be perceived as an imbalance yeah because a lot of that has to be internal right That's now right. as right. you, as you engage with that, as you reclaim that. Right. Well, and there's a real act too, as you described it that way. Um, you know, our colleague Latika talks about this frequently, but especially for marginalized people, the very act of engaging in pleasure is rebellious right? Because it's one of the things that we strip away from humans when we dehumanize them is their access to and their deserving of pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so when we say, no, I am deserving, I get to have, it's a birthright of mine to experience pleasure. It's why our bodies are designed in a way that they can do that. That in and of itself is a reclamation act that often requires some protection of it too, Mm -hmm. especially regarding what the world believes about your specific identities and their allowance of pleasure Mm -hmm. and in what ways you get to have pleasure and with whom, Mm -hmm. right? There's all kinds of things around that, that we might have to really boundary. Yeah. And, and a lot of that work might be internal especially in the beginning. And that's just fine. It doesn't have to look balanced to other people. You just have to know 
where you're going with it. Right. And why you're there. Exactly. All right. Let's look at solitude. Solitude. The internal expression of that is taking it. Um, feeling feeling unguilty. Unguilty? <laughs> What's the opposite of guilty? Um, Liberation. Yeah. Feeling satisfied, liberated in taking the solitude when I need it. Um, also carving, carving it out for myself. I, I think the external expression of it looks like structuring my life in a way that allows for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I could very easily create for myself a schedule or a pace that doesn't allow for solitude. And I would be fine for about eight or nine months mm-hmm. at like breakneck pace. Um, and so the external expression of that is being protective of it. And the internal expression of it is not, is not feeling guilty about being protective of it. More permission. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll notice that in all of this, we didn't talk about an outcome at all. There was no outcome attached to this. If I live inner peace, then, or if I move through this expression of pleasure, then we're talking about what you, the decisions you make, the way you choose to move through your world and right. order your loves, right? And so the reason this is such important work and can be so helpful is because now you've identified these four things. Tomorrow, if circumstances in your life did not look like you wanted them to, you still, these are still available to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This this still matters. You can still say, okay, I choose, especially in those places where you're giving yourself permission, right? especially there, you can say today, I still choose to give myself permission. Mm-hmm. I still choose this and to move this way. You can say day to day, today is not a day where I'm going to find solitude, but tomorrow I can. Instead of where we were talking at the beginning of these episodes about, I have to go, <laughs> I have to floss every day at 1201. Um, Today's not a day yeah. that I can do that. Yeah. And I can still, I am still aligned. That's right. I am still making these choices. I am still in this place of being ordered in my loves. Yeah. Re- releasing the expectation of what that has to look like on a daily basis actually encourages us to stay more committed to the alignment, right? And we can be curious and we can see how, oh my gosh, look, pleasure showing up here. Yeah. I didn't even think that it could or would. Yeah. Or wow, I can, I am engaging in this place of inner peace in this chaotic place in my life. Yeah. Or I'm really struggling to find room and space for this value. What's happening in my world and what needs to shift and change? Mm-hmm. I love that. What was this like for you? I mean, great. <laughs> it's it's interesting though because the something interesting to me is that walking you walking me through this in this way, none of these solitude shows up for me frequently, but none of the other ones usually do in this high priority of a way. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting to be able to see this um in conversation. It also causes a lot of reflection on where to move with it. Yeah. What do you, what do you do? Yeah. And excitement and stepping into the, the circumstances are unknown. Yeah. Right. That's a mystery. Yeah. We can't know those things, what will change or shift in our lives that way. But how will I be if I can show up this way with whatever that is? So the last part of this that I would encourage all of you to do is to think 
about if you were aligned with these, if -hmm. you were waking up in the morning and finding a way to, how do I move through the world making decisions based on these? What will your life feel like six months from now, a year from now? Not circumstances again, but how will your life feel like? What will it be like to be you in your body and your skin? And keep coming back throughout the year to that check in. Mm -hmm. Um, In that very first episode, I was talking about simplicity being something that mattered, but knowing that I had gotten that out of order, I had to check in. My body literally had to shut down to say, hey, remember (laughs) this. You're out of alignment. (laughs) We're not going to get it perfectly, but we can always, always, always come back to it. Yeah. So. Okay, here's to a really good year for all of us. Yeah. That is filled with alignment in our values and smoothness all around, I think, would be good for all of us. Permission to reclaim what is yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see you next time. We hope you're enjoying listening to the podcast as much as we love creating it. And we'd love to hear from you about your lived story. What are you examining and learning? Who are you becoming? Our podcast is sponsored by Riverbend Counseling in Colorado Springs. Following along with us on Instagram at Riverbend Therapy will allow you to engage more fully with the content of our episodes. There you'll find reflective questions, challenges, and community. If you appreciate this podcast, consider leaving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform, Or better yet, share it with people you think might benefit from the work here.